5 o'clock hour, Burns and Gambo Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We're live from the Auction Community Studios on this Tuesday. And in a little game that he likes to call Factor Fiction, Gambo's favorite, Adam Shine from NFL.com and the, the best. NFL Network. Teasing. But okay. He's good. He does a good job. Actually, I love just, that response, Cliff. That, that's mm, a great answer. Thank you, Adam. We appreciate it. Actually, yeah. he, he really does do excellent work. Sure. It's just his voice that drives <laughs> you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and we and we never ever cease to bring it up. Here Your Arizona place. Cardinals. <laughs> Factor fiction with Adam Shine. This was a story on NFL.com today. And we start with this because he started with it and because the Cardinals are playing them on Sunday. The Rams are the team to beat in the NFC. Seems that way, right? That's fact. I mean, they played three playoff teams, they've taken them all down. They just took down uh the Bucks, the defending Super Bowl champions that brought everybody back. So they just took them down. I mean, I think that the Rams are the clear favorite right now after three games. Now, things change. You mentioned it earlier. I mean, last year, I don't think after three, four, five, I don't think after 12 games, anybody thought that the, the Bucks were going to win the Super Bowl. They were seven and five after three games. They were. When they started their playoffs, when they started the playoffs, they had their road was the road. They had to go on the road all the on all those games. So I mean, just after three games. Right now, it looks like that the Rams are are a really good football team, maybe even a great football team, and better than everybody else. It's funny that you framed it that way. It really is, because we didn't talk about this during the commercial break. Okay. I went and looked at the NFL standings after week three last year, and I wanted to see, Ooh, okay. was, there, right. was there a factor fiction, oh, yep, that's the best team in the NFC team after three games last year. Year, all right. So keep, I, I don't, I don't remember the standings after three games. You're gonna have to surprise. Me. I didn't either, which okay. is why I had to look, and that's why I wanted to look. Okay, uh, NFC East. Who cares? Everybody was one and two, or didn't have a win yet. The Green Bay Packers in the NFC North were three and zero oh after the first three games. They had scored 122 points. They had given up 85 points. The Bears were three and zero. Oh. After three games last year, they ended up eight and eight. The okay, C- the Seattle Seahawks. So the Bears are going to be like the Broncos or the Panthers, maybe. Okay, maybe the Seattle Seahawks were three and zero after three games last year. Now those were all playoff teams. Okay, the Bears ended up as the last team in at eight and eight. Seattle won the division at twelve and four, starting the season three and zero. But I don't remember any of those teams. And the Packers did end up as the number one seed in the NFC starting 3-0. and Were we anointing mm. the Green Bay Packers as the team to beat in the NFC after three games a year ago? You'd have to look at the schedule and who they played those first three games. I can do that for you. I mean, that's what you would have to do. Because the, the thing about the Rams is they just beat the Bucks. So the, 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 there's a difference with the Rams. They went on the road and they beat the Colts. They, they, they won at home. Against okay. against the Bucks and they beat the Bears uh, by three scores. So I think that the Rams sched uh, the Rams schedule makes it easier to come to a conclusion or at least have a better opinion on them. What yeah. did, who did the Packers play last they year? Were, first three they won at Minnesota. Okay, they won home against Detroit and they won at New Orleans. And back then, New Orleans was, you know, it was still it was still decent, breeze, yeah. and they were still, yeah, they were still decent. Yeah, so that that's who they play. In the AFC, just for curiosity's sake, the Bills were 3-0, the Steelers were 3-0, the Titans were 3-0, and the Chiefs were 3-0. 
All those teams made the playoffs. Obviously, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Bills got very far in the playoffs. The Steelers didn't, if I remember right. The Steelers ended up as, well, they ended up as the number three seed, 12 and four, uh, when it was all said that. Anyway, I don't know if that proves anything other than it just seems early to me. And your point is well made and well taken about who you've played. Yeah. But it does seem early after three games to say, oh, yep, there, there's, there's your NFC favorite right there. You know, I mean, to your point about the Bucks and the one we made earlier, and they were 7-5 and five after 12 games. And I'm sure there were some people who thought they were capable of winning the Super Bowl, but nobody would have anointed them the favorite. And that was after 12 games. So Kansas City won the Super Bowl two years ago. Yes. Kansas City won the Super Bowl. And I think that I, I was pretty gung-ho on. Now, they were 3-0 and last year. They started the season 4-0 before they lost to the Raiders. But I think if somebody would have beat them early, I might have had to be like, like, wow, okay, okay, that team. Because Kansas City was, I mean, they won 14 games last year. They won 14 games. So they, you know, they, they, they were, I think I even, I made some bets, I'll take Kansas City, I'll give everybody the field. I was so of the belief yeah. that nobody was going to beat Kansas City. They opened up 3-0. The fact that the Rams beat the Bucks gives me a little bit more of a, a confidence in saying that I think they're more for real than some of those teams we're talking about last year. When you're talking about Kansas City, you're talking about last year that you would have you would have last get, year they yeah, had okay. won the Super Bowl. So I just looked to see if they had lost to anybody like the Bucks just did. So the Bucks won the Super Bowl last year. They just lost to the Rams. Kansas City won the Super Bowl the year before, but they started off four and zero. If somebody would have beat them early, I might have been like, wow, okay. Because I had a lot of I, I I had a lot of good feelings about Kansas City getting back to the Super Bowl and maybe winning the damn thing. Yeah, well, they and, got back there, but they lost. And you should have. I mean, they they started four and zero. They lost to Vegas, but then after that, rattled off a win streak of ten great ten games. Right? They they were four and one, and then they were fourteen and one before they lost the season finale against the Chargers before the the playoffs started. So uh, it's it look it's. Right now, I can understand why everybody's looking at the Rams going, oh, yeah, that's clearly the best team in the NFC because they just beat the team that everybody thought was the best team in the NFC, right? And they beat them handily. They thumped them pretty good. So I understand why that's going to be the narrative about them. Just understand it's a long season, and I'll keep saying this about the Rams, and I know you agree with this. They are a spectacular football team. They're not incredibly deep. They are very top-heavy. They're, they're salary wise, they didn't have a they didn't have a lot of money to put into their depth because they're paying so much money to their top end guys. If they suffer some kind of injury among their top end guys, yeah, they could be in trouble. There's not a belief that they're really equipped for that. Look, here's three scenarios. One, I mean, the Cardinals win. They finally beat the Rams. They win, and I think people are going to start talking about them being a Super Bowl contender. Number two is they play close and they lose. They they lose another one to the Rams, but it's close, and they earn some respect and the belief that, you know what, over time you might be able to get them. Number three is you just get blown out. And then you you just might just say okay look you know that that's that that's the top of the echelon right there is 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 the the Rams other factor fictions from Adam Shine the Packers are the biggest competition in the NFC he says that is a fact you'd like to, I, I I could go with either one the the, the Packers or the Bucks I, I understand your point that it's probably the, the Bucks still the Seahawks will bounce back he says it's fiction yeah it is fiction that team's not good. <laughs> I told you from day one, they're not good. They're going to finish in last place in the NFC West. They've already got two losses. Uh, their offensive coordinators, 
uh, in trouble. That defensive coordinator could be in trouble. That, that Seattle is not a good football team this year. Ben Roethlisberger is cooked. He says it's a fact. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to sign Cam Newton or if they're going to trade for Marcus Mariota or if they're uh, going to try to get Deshaun Watson next year. But they got to find themselves. They got to find themselves a quarterback. Yeah, he does not look good. Texas, your thoughts on the Cardinals and the Rams matchup coming up on Sunday? The FanDuel text line. It's available to you at all times. Text us at six twenty six twenty. We'll read the best ones on the air here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Could the Pac twelve South be decided as soon as this weekend? Probably not, but. It's a big game, nevertheless, for ASU and UCLA, and we'll talk about it next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. It's the Cardinals versus the Rams on Sunday. On Saturday, it's ASU versus UCLA at the Rose Bowl Saturday night on FS1 730 kickoff. And while I don't think that game is going to decide the Pac-12 South this early in the season... Man, the team that wins that game is going to be the very early front runner to win the Pac-12 South. There's no doubt about that. This is a big game for ASU coming up on Saturday after beating Colorado. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, this is this is a huge game. UCLA's three and one. They want to know in a Pac-12. This is their best start under Chip Kelly. Could be a breakthrough type season for them. They they rose to number twenty in the Associated Press rankings. Their favorite over ASU at the Rose Bowl. Um, and I'll be favored in other games against Arizona and Washington. So it could be, it, this could be UCLA's year, but it also could be ASU's year. So I think the winner of this game is going to have the belief that they can, you know, that they can win this thing, get out of the Pac 12, or at least play Oregon in the Pac 12 championship game. So you look at UCLA, that, that was a big win over Stanford. They had, they had lost with 12 out of 13 12 games to 13. Stanford. Yep. So that was a big win for them. Uh, you know, their defense ranks six nationally against the run, which is ASU strength. So it's a kind of a battle there. They held Stanford to 67 yards on the ground, three yards per carry. And now ASU comes in. And, and, and Trayanam's back, which is good. And you've got Nagata and you got White. ASU's got a good rush. ASU's gone three games in a row rushing for at least 150 yards. And Jaden Daniels was a big part of it this past week because he rushed for 75. But you get chipped back, and now you've got the power of ASU's running game against UCLA's defensive strength of stopping the run. So it should be a really good football game, and I think the winner of it is going to be in the driver's seat. Yeah, two quarterbacks who have kind of been around uh, in Jaden Daniels and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Uh, UCLA uh, against Stanford ran for 204 yards. They converted 53% of their third downs. And, and Chip Kelly, you know, just when you were starting to think that UCLA wasn't going anywhere under Chip Kelly, he might be in this year kind of proving that he belongs and that he's got it figured out and he's, he's tapped in. Because right now, once again, there is there is an open window in the Pac-12 South. Now, I think that changes as long as USC hires the right guy this offseason to be their next head coach. But there is a window in the short term in the Pac-12 South to take advantage of another down year for USC, who just lost at home to Oregon State for the first time since 1960. 1960. Pac-12 Crazy. South is wide. And I, I tell you this. UCLA hasn't won a Pac-12 title since 1998. Yeah, Think about that. I UCLA. Know. 1998, the last time UCLA won a Pac-12 title. They got Oregon coming up, I think, at the Rose Bowl in a couple of weeks. I think you're right. In October. They've got, I know they do, so they, they're home against Oregon. That could be a really big game if UCLA beats ASU. It could be a really big game. 
Uh, I think a lot of people will focus on that because that, like, and then UCLA might have a chance to maybe even knock out Oregon a playing in, in the playoffs. For ASU, all right, it's been a it's been a frustrating season. Okay, it, which is odd to say considering that they're three and one and one and zero in the conference so far. But it's been a frustrating season because of the allegations, because of the investigations, because of the distraction that those you know are causing. Uh, whether you believe in that or not, I, I, I think something is causing a distraction with that team. The BYU loss was an incredibly frustrating moment for ASU fans because they basically slipped on the banana peel on national TV up there in Provo. All of that, for a moment, can go away if they beat UCLA. Because if they beat UCLA... Nobody cares about the BYU loss. Nobody cares. It, it, it becomes... 2-0 in the Pac-12. You've got a chance to win... All you want... The only thing you want is to win the South right now. Okay? You're not worried about anything except winning the South. Win the South, go play Oregon or whoever, and have a chance to play in the Rose Bowl. I mean, that's what you're asking for. Just a shot. I mean, the last time that they did that... Todd Graham was the coach. They played Stanford here, Pac-12 championship game. They got thumped. Got thumped in that game. Yeah, but those students that were hanging out waiting to get into that game, they got some donuts from Burns and Gambo. And yeah, they coffee too, or cho- hot chocolate. Donuts and coffee and coffee. hot chocolate from and Burns. Cho- and hot chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we showed up. We went down supported. There in line. Go support. Devils. We did. We did. And this was it was fun. That was, I remember that night like it was yesterday. That was a really really fun ah, night. It was exciting to see them in there. So like the, the BYU lost as much as it sucked because they did they played so poorly and all of those penalties and. And everything like it doesn't in the grand scheme of things doesn't mean anything no, as long does. as you take care of business in the Pac-12 South. And we talked about that going into the BYU game, and we talked about that coming out of the BYU game. Is that the only thing BYU really matters for is perception? You know how you how you feel about ASU, how you perceive ASU, what you think about them. The reality, the reality is it didn't change a thing. You know, the reality is that it. it that everything ASU wanted to accomplish was still in front of them, is still in front of them. Colorado's not a very good team. ASU took care of business on Saturday night against them. They did it with a much cleaner performance. Only seven penalties. It was for 90 yards. A lot of them were on special teams. But they they played a cleaner game. They didn't turn the ball over. Jaden Daniels played really well. The defense, they changed their defensive line rotation a little bit. You mentioned Trainum. He's expected back yes. this week. Chase Lucas is expected back this week for ASU. They're, they're, they're hoping to get some guys back. Yeah, that ground game is fantastic. But again, UCLA's strength defensively is stopping the run. Yeah. So, you know, they shut down Stanford's running game. So we'll see. I mean, if you lose this game, I, I don't think that. Uh, I think if ASU loses this game, I think that they lose the traction of the fan base going forward. I think There'll be two losses, including a loss to UCLA. The the the, the thoughts of winning the Pac-12 South, people you know, people aren't going to believe they can do it anymore. Like you know, you want to keep people interested. You win, you lose this game. I think people could start losing it because now you've lost two, two out, out of your last three, three. games. Yeah. You have no chance of going to the playoffs with two losses. You've really hurt your chances of winning the Pac-12 South because now you got to root for UCLA to slip up. And, and even in, you know, tiebreakers will go to UCLA. Yep. So you need them to, re- to, to lose a couple of games. It just, it, it could be that game where, boy, all right, another lost season yeah. for ASU to accomplish something special. 
Yeah, in the meantime, uh, we mentioned USC losing to Oregon State. Uh, Oregon took care of business against U of A. Uh, Oregon and Oregon State could be very much on a collision course in the Pac-12 North. Things are set Oregon up. Oregon State, wow. I know. they're Oregon State. They're good. They're good. And, and you talk about trip-up games. I, I only say this because I have ASU schedule in front of me because I was looking to see what they had coming up. Yeah. They have to go to Corvallis to play Oregon State on Saturday, November 20th. This program historically has always slipped on the banana peel. <laughs> Not always. Is that where but, I told Dennis Erickson yes. that I will pack your bags for you if you lose this game? Yes. It was then, at Oregon State. And that was when we hosted the Dennis Erickson show. Yeah. Made for a really awkward Monday interview when, <laughs> when, and I'll give you credit, you started the interview by saying, well, Dennis, I told you I'd pack your bags for if you lost to Oregon State, you lost to Oregon State. What time so, you want me over? <laughs> what time you want me to come over? I, I will be there and I will pack. You're going to save some money because you're out of here. That's odd. I'll pack your bags. I don't think Burns and Gambo has been home to the ASU coaches show since. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we've been the official home for the coaches show for ASU since you said that to Dennis Erickson. That uh, might very well be the case. First time a coach on his own show was asked to be fired. <laughs> hey, this is my show. Yes, you're uh, saying you should be fired I'm, on your I'm, own show. I, I, I don't think we got the coaches show back the next year after that. I'm pretty sure. You know, I, well, I hadn't thought about it. I'm like pretty that. sure we did. No, because it was Todd Graham after that, right? I mean, the Erickson was let go after that. Then it was Todd Graham, and we never, we didn't host the Todd Graham show. <laughs> Way to go, Gambo! Thank you. I mean, Todd packing did, bags for a guy, and it cost us the coach's show. Good Todd, job. Todd did have us come down and tour the facility with him and everything. Oh yeah, no, I, I mean, don't know. I, was, I actually liked Todd Graham. I thought he was a good coach. Yeah, Todd. Todd was good with us. We just we weren't yeah. the home to his weekly radio show. I, mm. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, blame me. <laughs> well, well, that's easy to do. Blame me. There's a there's. Yeah, as we know, there's, there's a lot, to blame there's a lot right of now. things I can blame you for right yeah. here. And do, someone, you know, sometimes to your face and sometimes behind your back. I can't mention on air right now. But there's, there's a lot of things that I blame you for. But you know what? That's okay because I'm all about forgiveness. I'm in a good mental space. Well, that's and, good. I'm glad one of you. us is all about forgiveness. <laughs> well, one of us has to balance the other out. Week four of the NFL season kicks off this Thursday. There's still time for you to sign up for Bix Picks. Text the word PICK to 62620, sign up, and compete against Dan Bickley. It's your chance at the grand prize of a tailgate package featuring a Yeti Tundra cooler and grill, courtesy of Modelo Especial. Weekly winners will also get a $100 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. Text the word PICK to 62620 to enter. How does a team that has never beaten Sean McVay beat him now when he's potentially got the best team he's ever had there? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Eight no, Sean McVay. Eight no as the head coach of the LA Rams against the Arizona Cardinals, and the only time that the Rams didn't score at least thirty-one points when playing the Cardinals under Sean McVay's leadership was the last time they played, Week Seventeen a year ago, when it was Chris Strevler versus John Wolford for the right to go to the playoffs, and what was basically a win and you're in game. That was the only time Sean McVay's team, so with a backup quarterback was not able to put at least 31 on the Arizona Cardinals. You start talking about mountains to climb this weekend, Gambo. It kind of starts there with that. A coach that Cliff Kingsbury is often compared to 
and an organization that has, and a coach in particular, that has ownership over the Arizona Cardinals and the paperwork to prove it. Yeah, there's it. no question. I mean, this is this has been, and there's been some ass-kickings in here. I, mean, I told you earlier, the last time the Cardinals beat the Rams, January, January 2017. So the 2016 season, when they beat them, I was in Switzerland. It was New Year's Eve in Switzerland. I was in Zurich. That's the last time the Cardinals beat the Rams. Since then, you go into the 2017 season, they got their asses handed to them in London, 33 nothing in London. They got beat 32-16 with Blaine Gabbert as the quarterback. The next year, Steve Wilkes took over. They got shut out with Sam Bradford leading the Cardinals. The Rams beat them 34 nothing. Then they beat them 31-9. And then Cliff's first year, 34-7, 31-24, and then the two last year. I mean, it has been total domination by the Rams over the Cardinals since January of 2017, they've absolutely owned the Cardinals. And it's been more than that, too. And this even predates Sean McVay. There's always been this sense, not always, not every single time they've played, but there, a lot of the time there's been this sense that when you play the Rams, bad things are going to happen. Now, maybe not as much recently, but we remember even back to like Jeff Fisher's Rams teams and even that one you were referencing with Carson Palmer. Not only do they lose, but guys get hurt playing the Rams. Now, I, I don't feel like that's been as much of a storyline the last couple of years. But Palmer's very last game as a professional in this league happened in London against the Rams when they got shut out 33 nothing. There's always, for the last several years, the last several matchups, there's been a really bad taste left in your mouth when playing this organization. Right. Really, really bad. I mean, a lot of these have been blowouts. 33 sure. nothing, 34 nothing, 31 to 9, 34 to 7. These games have a lot of these games haven't been close. Nope. And maybe the most painful one of them all was the one that wasn't the blowout. Was the one that ended last, last year. year. I mean, that might have been the most painful of them all because Backup quarterback. It's John Walford. It's it's you know the, this game. And now you're starting your backup quarterback too. With this idea that hey, you started six and three. It's down to one game. Winning you get in, and they're starting their backup quarterback. Of all of the losses to Sean McVay, that to me was the most painful of them. Should have won that game because you should have won that game. Should have won that game. And you win, and you're you in. You needed it. You win, and it changes the whole narrative about the Arizona Cardinals as we know it. Now there's no... I don't remember this. Did the Rams need that game? Yes, it was a... They needed it, too, right? They I needed it, too. So. The winner was, gonna, the winner the winner was, was in, and in. the loser was out. Yeah, they was, needed the game, too. Yep. Yeah, this dominance, and, and, and I, I, there's definitely a, a, a friendship between Cliff and Sean McVay. But, man, I mean, I'm... T- I asked Byron Murphy. We had Byron Murphy on, man. I told him, man, man, Murphy, I'm getting tired. As a fan, I'm getting tired of losing to the Rams. You get tired of it. Sure. Diamondbacks, tired of losing to the Dodgers. Like, you just get tired of it after a while, of losing to the same team by you know so many times. But this one is a, this is a thorn in the side. You, you want to get that win. You know, I don't want Sean McVay to be you know, kicking Cliff's butt every year. Like, it's time... You know, it's just you got to beat them. Yeah. Like you got to like I know they make a lot of references to each other and everything. It's fine. They got a friendship. You got to beat them, man. You got to beat them. Yeah. And there's a real along those lines, there's a real almost like psychological turning of the page that can happen. Like like we all we all believe how much importance there is in this year for the Cardinals, what they have to accomplish, where they have to go, that it's about time for them to get back to the postseason. Yeah. What better way to announce your intentions to do that? By ending an eight-game losing streak to Sean McVay. By beating the one team and the one coach that you haven't been able to beat. I mean, look, Cliff Kingsbury 
What's the stat I read off last week? Three and nine, I think, in his coaching career against the NFC West. That has to change this year. Otherwise, forget it, right? I mean, otherwise, they might need to start looking for a new coach when the season is over if he continues to not perform well against the NFC West. In fact, that to me, now that I think about it, is really almost the bigger picture about this game. It's not even so much McVay, and it's not even so much the Rams. It's the NFC West. You want to get where you want to go, you need to do better against this division. And so you're, you've got six chances at it starting this weekend. Be better. Be better starting this Sunday because without that, you're not going anywhere. Well, we do think that, the, that they're going to feast on each other and beat each other up quite a bit. Look, Seattle's not going 0-6 in the division. No, as much not. as I don't like them, they're not going 0 and 6. They're going to find a way to beat somebody. Um And you know what? I don't think the Rams are going 6 and 0 in the division. Con- no. I don't I don't think the, the division is too good for them to run roughshod over it like that and go and not lose a division. They're going to lose a couple of division yeah, they, games. It's possible they're not as good as they look right now with 3 and 0. It's possible. It's also possible that they are that good. Um I mean, we'll listen, we'll have a really good idea of the Cardinals' chances of winning this division after this game. If they play close against the Rams and they lose, they'll still have a shot because they're going to get them here. And if so, I think if we're, if we're in here Monday and the Cardinals played a hard game and they lose a close game, I, I don't know that I'm that down if they lose that game. If they win, I, I think a lot of people are going to start talking about winning the NFC West. If they beat the Rams in L.A., a lot of people are going to start talking about them being 4-0 and having a well, chance to win a damn division. What will happen is what you're seeing right now is that the L.A. Rams are the flavor of the week. And and, and they deserve it for beating the Bucks, but also understand this is a team that barely beat the Colts on the road a week and a half ago. It needed a, a, a field goal with two and a half minutes left in the game to beat the Colts, and they're one of the winless teams in, in the NFL. The the They're... They're hot right now because they beat the Bucs and they beat Brady and everyone's talking about that. If the Cardinals can beat the Rams on Sunday, the Cardinals become the hot team. The Cardinals become the flavor of the week, right? The Cardinals become the, ooh, wait. You know, on second thought, maybe we underestimated Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Maybe yes. they're better than they thought. I, I just think that beyond the Rams, the Cardinals have some work to do against this division as a whole, and it starts this week. It'd be great if they could start it with a win against the Rams to get off that schneid when Look, it comes to Sean McVay and to get themselves on the right path. Let's be honest. If they were in the NFC East, they'd win the division. Sure. Okay? If they were in the NFC East, right. If they were still in the NFC East where they used to be, they'd probably win the damn division. This is tougher, I mean, because San Francisco is good. The Rams are good. I, I don't believe in Seattle, but... Um, I, you know, the, the the question really becomes, you're right, you've got six games against these teams that ultimately will determine whether you're good enough to win this division or not. Six. Yep. That will tell you everything you need to know about the Cardinals in 2021. Right there. Those six games. Texas, your thoughts on this matchup, the FanDuel text line. It is open for you. 620-620. You can text us right now. Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles. Who's starting for the Bears And what's up with these rookie quarterbacks? We'll talk about it coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. No, no, they're all they're all three under consideration right now. You know, in regards to where where they're at. So we'll just have to kind of see Hub uh, the next couple days where they're all at. Um, We know where Nick's at health wise, but we just want to keep an eye on on Justin and Andy. The short answer from Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Chicago Bears. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's starting a quarterback for us. How many times did Fields get sacked? I wouldn't make it him. Kid's gonna as get many his head times as Ferris Bueller was in. absent, right? Nine. You know times. it's crazy. I got to tell Bernsey this. So this show Succession has the guy from uh, Ferris. In. The guy from Ferris Bueller's yeah, in it. It has uh, Cameron. Yeah, that guy from Cameron Ferris Fry. Bueller's day off. Alan Ruck is yeah, the that guy, actor's yeah. name. Yeah, he's got a weird part in the show. Mm-hmm. A very weird part, but he's the, and he looks the same. <laughs> guy looks exactly the same as he did in Ferris Bueller's day off. You're like you know it's him. God, I love that movie. Fer- Ferris Bueller's oh, Day Off. I, just, I love that movie. God, I loved it too. And, and I, I, I love it. Just hated it. Oh, it just breaks my heart to hear you say that. It just really does. It. Just breaks my heart to hear you say that. Are you uh, still here? <laughs> Go home. It's Go over. home. Go home. We should do that at the end of every show. It's over. <laughs> we should do it at the end of every show. That Go should be. Home. We should add that. Let's do it's, it. Let's add that to the end of every show. Instead of goodbye to you, which has been our. Let's do it. Let's change. And then cut it right there. <laughs> Mitch, do it. You got you got to mix it a little better. The music, the music was a little too music loud. Too loud. I'm, couldn't I'm really hear Ferris's voice. Stuff out Mitch, of the same pot, Mi- but I'll work on it. Mitch, that's right. your thing. We're we gonna add that to the show. To the end of the show, it's over. Go home. <laughs> that's gonna be the ending of the show from now Nine on. Times. Nine times. Mm. Movie's classic. Um. Yeah, nine times he was sacked, I think. He was, yeah, Miles Garrett had four and a half of them. Head kicked in. Chicago had 47 yards of offense in that game. But it speaks to this larger trend now around the NFL. I mean, none of them struggled as bad as Fields did. But the rookie quarterbacks this year, they've just been dreadful. Dreadful. One in ten combined. The rookie quarterback. One win and ten losses. That can that includes like Davis Mills, yeah. who played one game. Yeah. The only win has come from Mac Jones. But there's a I mean, the question is why? Like, why is this this was such a, a star studded class and Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and and it's they're playing terrible. Now you brought up a great point earlier. It's probably very much about the 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 teams that these guys are on. The Jags and the Jets the teams, in particular, right? Those are two woeful organizations. Right? I mean, just woeful organizations that, that that have had a really. I mean, the Jets. I saw this graphic on ESPN the other day: the three worst records in the NFL since I think 2017. The Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals. Right? I, I mean, just. Woeful organizations. Uh, the Jags, the same thing. The Texans, if you want to count Davis Mills in there, that that organization is headed obviously in the wrong direction with everything that's gone on there. They had a, they had a quarterback. I mean, they did. They, sure. had a, they had a quarterback that you know looked like he was going to lead them for a number of years, and not now though. Yeah, and now they're and Chicago. Chicago was a playoff team a year ago, but that's an organization that has struggled. To find consistency, and God knows the struggle to find quarterbacks over the years. So it's, I think, a big explanation for it. I mean, quarterbacks. Now, the exception to the rule, Joe Burrow went to the Cincinnati Bengals last year. I would define them as an awful organization, and he played very, very well. Played very, very well. Yeah. Listen, there's been a lot of quarterbacks that have had, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield with Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland was not a good organization. Baker Mayfield played Very well. good example. I mean, you know, Cam Newton was good with Carolina. Russell Wilson with Seattle. Andrew Luck with the Colts. RG3 with Washington. Derek Carr. Dak Prescott. Carson Wentz 
Lamar, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. There are many quarterbacks that did fine. There's many quarterbacks that, rookie quarterbacks that came in, played a lot, and they were fine. This class is just different. I mean, this class is, you know, maybe it's the teams and the talent, or maybe these guys aren't ready. Uh, you know, San Francisco's doing the best job. Their quarterbacks had seven snaps so far this year. <laughs> That's why. Seven for they're Trey Lance. The job. They're, they're seven. Keeping him under wraps. It's time for the Vizzy. What's on tonight? It's brought to you by Vizzy Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer crafted with antioxidant vitamin C. Proud sponsor of your Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll talk about the Diamondbacks in just a moment. They're on tonight, taking on the Giants. Also tonight, game one of the best of five semifinal series. Between the Phoenix Mercury go, and Mercury. the Las Vegas Aces. Yeah. Game one is tonight. Game two is on Tuesday. Then game three in Phoenix is on Sunday. That game is televised on ESPN2. And, of course, the best of luck to the Merc as they have gotten into more Final Fours than any team in the WNBA, but they haven't won a title since, I believe, 2014. So maybe wow. this is the Has year. Has it been that long it since they've won a title? That long since they've won a Did title not know that. in the Crazy. WNBA. Meantime, Diamondbacks baseball is on tonight as well. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the new Sonic Grilled Cheeseburger for a limited time, only at Sonic. And by Trajan Wealth. Get your retirement on deck with Trajan Wealth, your local trusted financial fiduciary. TrajanWealth.com. Diamondbacks on deck as the D-backs taking on the San Francisco Giants tonight in the final road series of the year for Arizona and your pitching matchup brought to you by the Berg Simpson Law Firm. When the game is on the line and you've been injured, nobody matches up to the Berg Simpson Law Firm. Visit BergSimpson.com. That's B-U-R-G Simpson.com. Good lawyers changing lives. Tonight's pitching matchup gambo for the D-backs and the Giants. Luke Weaver going for Arizona. He's three and six, four three eight ERA. Logan Webb goes for San Francisco, ten and three, three point oh four. Yeah, Luke ERA. Weaver has not faced him this year. Last time he faced him was twenty twenty. He's three and three with a three point one six ERA and six lifetime starts against San Francisco. This will be his thirteenth start of the season. So he has not faced the Giants this year. Logan Webb is going to face the Diamondbacks for the first time this season. He's 2-0 lifetime against them with a good ERA of 2.25. I'm going to cut right to the chase on this huh? one. The standings brought to you by PNC Bank. Financial tools and tech to help make things easier. The standings are of what's most important tonight. Not for the Diamondbacks, obviously, because they're at the bottom of this division. But rather at the top of the division, San Francisco, 102 wins, 54 losses, a two-game lead over the Dodgers, who have 100 wins and 56 losses. One of these two triple-digit winning teams will be in a one-game winner-take-all play-in game Let's go. in a week. Versus the Cardinals. Go? Yeah, against the Cardinals, the Cardinals, who have won 16 straight games, by the way. Yeah, it's it's... The Diamondbacks, like they did against the Dodgers when they lost two of three over the weekend, have a chance to impact what's going to happen between two teams that have sure. won 100 games. When, they, when, they, when Zach Gallen beat Kershaw the other day, that, that, you know, that's a bad loss for the Dodgers. Here's the deal. The Giants have played the Diamondbacks 16 times this year. They're 14-2 and two against them. Yikes. They're 14-2 and two against the Diamondbacks. Think about that for a second. Now, they also won 14 games against them in 2003 and 2004. Was that the Al Padrique show? Somewhere around there? 2003, uh, 2004, 2004, 2004. 2004. Yeah. They went 14-5 against Arizona in 2003 and 14-5 and against them in 2004. 
They're fourteen and two against them right now, so their next win will be the most wins that they've ever had against the Diamondbacks. They feasted on the bad teams this year. They won fifteen games against Colorado. They've won fourteen so far against Arizona, which is probably going to end up being sixteen to seventeen. So they've really feasted on the the poor you know, the poorer teams in this division. Yeah, I was looking to see just real quick which next week. Um, the the American League game, the National League game. I was just trying to see which one was, and I can't find it here real quick. Well, here's, but here's but one in- way or another, the Dodgers yeah. or the Giants, one of those teams, going to be playing for their lives one week from right now against the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, the, the, the teams with the best record versus anybody else in baseball this year, the Rays are 18-1 and against the Orioles. That's why the Rays are in first place. They're 18-1 and against Baltimore. The Giants are 14-2 and against the Diamondbacks. The Dodgers went 16-3 and against the Diamondbacks. So when you see the best records that any opponents had against somebody else, the Diamondbacks are in two out of the top three uh, for how badly they played against the Giants and Dodgers. All right, let's get you a key to tonight's game for the Diamondbacks. Listen, man, I used to be the key master. I am the key master. D-backs keys to the game brought to you by Sell Two Sands. Take away the hassle of selling a vehicle yourself. Go to SellTwoSands.com today. All right, listen to these numbers. The Giants have scored fifty point six percent of their runs off of home runs. They've got two hundred and thirty seven home runs, second only to the Blue Jays. Four plus homer games as a team. They have the most with seventeen. Two out homers. They are they are the second most in baseball with seventy six pinch hit home runs. 17, they lead the Major League Baseball. The key, don't let them hit homers. It's over. Go home. We're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock. Have a great night, everyone.